All right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Man, it's been a minute since I've done that. What is what is going on here? Okay, this adult life thing is sorry. Get reset. Yeah, you know that's that that's it. I <laughs> jokingly want to say I don't want to play anymore, but uh, no, we got a lot of stuff to do. We got a lot of stuff going on, and it is. We're doing some rally updates this time around. We are working on a back to Baja series. I have not had a chance to get down and talk to a few more of the guys. We do have the Baja 400 coming up for them, and that is going to be huge. Andy Kirker working his ass off on getting some prize money for these guys. So it is going to be really cool. Hopefully there's an announcement soon. But in the meantime, we're going to be talking rally updates for this episode. Uh, Just a few of the things that have been going on. Big news coming out of the Sonora Rally Camp, of course. Huge news coming out of the Husqvarna camp. We've talked about it previously, and that was a sad parting, but I don't think it's done yet. There's there's some there's some more to be said. The Cove Rally Takeover continues. So let's see. Let's talk about it. We've got some rally schools coming up. Sonora Rally also announcing their next iteration of rally school in December. Still waiting on the dates for the rally in the main event, but in the meantime, they've got rally school coming up. So let's get right to it. Turn this party down here. So it's been an interesting, interesting month, interesting developments over the last uh, over the last few weeks. I think it's actually, I mean, good and bad, right? Um, it was kind of crazy to see that uh, Skylar House and Husqvarna parting ways. Um, you know, don't know all the details to that. Not going to speculate on the details of that. There's hopes and dreams and things that we would like to see. And, you know, maybe they're making room elsewhere on the team. Uh, I believe on the MotoGP side or the GP, uh, Enduro GP side, they did have another one of their riders, top level riders leave as well. So this is interesting. I think they're getting ready for next year's season. And, you know, we'll see what they're uh, we'll see what they're planning. I know Skyler going to be landing on his feet and definitely making best use of his talent and ability. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll hear some news soon about where he's going to be going. All right, let's finish turning down this party. What else we got going on? Baja 400 coming up. Score International. If you guys are into the point to point or loop racing that, you know, basically uh, let's see how fast this thing goes uh, type racing. So it is definitely... Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, the the Score International Series is the local or North American Baja uh, off-road race series that we have here in North America. They do, and for many of them, right, you have the Dakar Rally as a, as a bucket list item, and a lot of people have the Baja 1000 uh, as their uh, bucket list item. And then, of course, then there's once you get addicted to that, then you've got the Baja 400, you've got the Baja 500, and the 250 so all taking place in the baja california or on the baja california peninsula uh just in different iterations so very interesting racing it is a sprint race it is how fast you can go lowest elapsed time it is what it is no navigation there other than you know following the arrows hitting the vcps uh virtual checkpoints or for the rest of us in rally world that's going to be your waypoints uh in this case they are going to be that's an interesting one. They're a WPM because the device that's scoring them does not actually reveal them and give you an arrow to it necessarily. Uh, then, but the course, when you receive the GPS or when you see it, you can see where these uh, waypoints are. So if you're concurrently running a GPS, you can see where the waypoint is or where the, uh, where the VCP is going to be. And I guess you just race to it. So I get it. it, It's a little bit different, uh, but for a lot of people, I mean, it is it's a huge draw. I mean, I think that there is definitely uh, a lot of guys that are into that. I have talked to a few guys that they kind of want to do rally. They just don't know yet how to maybe transition into that. Um, But they're so focused on their off road racing that, you know, that's that's going to be home for a while. So really, really cool to see. I mean, it is uh, it is definitely tough. There's a lot of guys. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. There's a lot of teams that run five or six, uh, racers per bike versus in rally where it's, well, you're it, um, very different in that aspect of it. Uh, some of the top teams running, 
you know, five riders across the peninsula or five riders in just even a short one doing 50 mile stints, uh, 75 mile stints. Uh, and then you have the Colton Udall world, uh, Colton Udalls of the world that'll run, you know, five or 600 miles down, uh, as their stint and, and be competitive, which is absolutely crazy. So always have a good time talking to, uh, to Colton. He's got a lot of experience, very humble and absolutely a animal on two wheels. And it's really awesome to see him ride. Uh, not to discount, you've got a lot of very, very fast riders. We're hoping to have uh, a couple of them on the show here coming soon in short order. Uh, reaching out to Justin Strong this week um, to talk to him about you know his Baja racing experience and what they've done. Uh, and then from there, uh, let me see, did I get that right? Was it, was it Justin Strong? We got, I don't know. It, this adult life thing, man, it is. I'm telling you. Uh, let's see who we got. I do want to reach out. We had talked about previously uh, to David Kamo as well. He's another guy that I want to have on the show uh, to talk a little bit about the rally uh, side of things and what he has done uh, for testing for both KTM and for uh, for actually Honda as well. So very interested to see a little bit more about what he has to say and how the bikes work. Uh, I did get a little bit of insight as far as how uh, the latter frame KTM versus the newer frame uh, MX frame uh, rally bikes work. And there are some differences between that. And that is uh, not Justin Strong. That is Justin Morgan. How could I get that wrong? Justin Strong, if you're listening, sorry, I meant to reach. Uh, I was talking to oh, Justin Morgan. But hey, if we want to get on the show, let's get you on the show. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, so Justin Morgan, will be reaching out to him to have him on the show as well. Talk a little bit about the racing side of things and what he has done. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, then we've got, uh, one of the, uh, guys from, I believe it's, uh, Jason Alosi also, uh, we're going to be having soon on the show again. This week is this week. I'm hunkering down and getting all of this stuff and just making it happen. Uh, get some interviews going, spend some time behind the microphone. It has been a little bit, you know, trying to keep up with all of the, uh, side hustles and then as well as doing the uh, doing the regular nine to five. So it has been interesting. OK, next topic. So that is our racing. That is what is going on on that side of the world uh, for the score national side of it. And then we know about the Skylar House parting way with Husky. Hopefully we hear an announcement soon. Uh, what is going on there and where he is going to be headed? Let's talk. Let's transition into the rally world. The Covey rally takeover the Kobe bikes have been taking over uh it has been the latest buzz on the internet anywhere you look at it it has been definitely a lot of uh interesting how should we say there's been a lot of interesting news about them a lot of developments the bikes are on their way the bikes in europe so if you ordered the Kobe, the rally pros or the pro bike uh, the guys in Europe are already getting them. Obviously, they're closer to the manufacturer, so they're going to get them a little bit quicker. Uh, but the bikes that were destined for the U.S. are on a boat and they are headed here. So I'm, you know, I'm excited. I mean, these guys have had they've been putting some miles in. They've been doing some stuff and and making these bikes work just that much better. So I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about them. Maybe get to throw a leg over one of them. And hell, who knows? Maybe the one will end up in the garage. But I think that they're going to be. I mean, they beat a lot of manufacturers that were maybe thinking about doing a 450 rally bike. You know, the 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 one that really started it, right? You have the CRF 250 rally or now the CRF 300 rally. Um, you know, that one has the potential to be swapped to a 450. You know, you've already got it. You just punch out the motor or, or figure out a way to put the bigger motor in it. This may be the kick in the pants that Honda needs to get that kind of iteration going. Now that the Kobe is here and I think that Honda could still take that 300 platform and still get it price competitive with the Kobe uh, here. So, you know, I don't uh, I don't know. That's going to be a that's going to be an interesting one. But this was definitely some some news and some stuff that we wanted to get uh, get talking about, because I think that this is going to be the rally bike for a while. I believe what we're going to start seeing is a lot of the guys here in the U.S. start to use these bikes more for rally and more for adventure, considering that uh, cost of ownerships look looks to be relatively low. It seems like they've had some really good uh, traction on these bikes. 
as far as reliability as results and things like that. So I, I, I do not see yet a fault. Seems like the suspension is easy to work on. I've heard it already from a couple of people, even on what I'm going to say is a clapped out bike. Uh, I've, I've heard from one of the riders that even on a clapped out bike, that's had a lot of miles on it, that's been ridden, the bike is still solid. So like any bike, if you guys know, and especially on the suspension side of things, it's just one of those things you have to look after. Um, it, it, you have to do your maintenance. You have to do your thing. So I think that once we get more people tinkering with it, I know that, uh, the guys from the, uh, Kobe USA, uh, Gary were over and talking to some of the other, uh, aftermarket manufacturers, uh, as far as parts go and things like that. So I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of support for this bike in the aftermarket here very, very quickly, which will be awesome to see. I think that there will be some, uh, I think there's going to be some pretty badass builds. Maybe I'm okay. I've, I've ladies and gentlemen, I've finally realized that I have a thing for building bikes. Uh, I like building them, not the world's best rider, but man, I like how they look in the garage. Maybe I build, do I, am I building trailer Queens? Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so I think that that is definitely a, uh, a bike to be, uh, to be on the radar. If you guys are looking at another bike, you definitely want to keep an eye out on those and just see how the bike progresses. You know, if you're not a hundred percent convinced, uh, uh, how it goes, you know, uh, I'm sure the internet forums, I'm sure the Facebook groups, uh, will do it. You can look them up on Instagram. There's a ton of Kove and that's K O V E, uh, groups and, and accounts that are starting to pop up. So definitely want to, uh, get in on that one. And actually let's see here, uh, really quick and go back and this will be a first and I'm not going to tell her anything. She's going to have to hear it on the episode. And if you guys hear the episode and you know, her, uh, maybe uh, drop her a hint that she may want to listen to this episode, but uh, at Sonora Rally, uh, Lizzie, if you guys know her, uh, has been has injected herself into the rally world, super enthusiastic, and has been talking to a lot of people. Well, at the Sonora Rally, she had a chance to catch up with Mike Georgeson, who was wrenching on the Covey team, uh, particularly helping out Mike Johnson and a couple of the other riders. So let's take a listen really quick at what they had to say. This is true Lizzie Sarla. I'm standing here with Mike Georgeson. He is working with Cove. We're at Sonora Rally 2023. Mike, uh, you want to, first of all, tell me about the progression of being here at Cove. The Cove uh, progression? Yeah, let's, let's well, talk about your personal. Uh, yeah. Number one, thanks for uh, coming by and saying hi. Uh, yes. We always love to see you. We've worked together for quite a while now. My pleasure. And um, the the progression was that uh, when I saw the Coves and how they finished at Dakar, you know, there's st- the talk around town started up then, and, you know, it's China and da-da-da-da. But I looked at it as being an economical rally bike that we could maybe we maybe it's just a starter bike or maybe yes. it's just a bike that you you know buy because you can't afford a real rally bike and and now that i've gotten so i contacted gary goodwin the, the importer with uh u.s motor toys and where's he located in uh salt lake city basically Orem. okay and uh, contacted him and told him i was interested in doing something with him and it just kind of developed along um I originally, I don't think the Covey team was coming to Sonora originally. They didn't have the original comment. I said we should go to Sonora, um, that I can do the support. And once that ball started rolling, I think that uh, the, the, the team in, in China, the owner, said, because they, they originally, I was told, we're not bringing, um, you know, trucks and all that stuff here yeah. for this event. And, but I think once they realized that they had some local people that could help them out, yeah. and uh, they basically just had to bring their riders, and the bikes were coming over anyway, um, yeah, they, they went ahead and decided to do this event. And I think it's going to be great. We're going to have Mike Johnson on uh, one of the Coves, one of, in my opinion, one of the best, most uh, smart 
riders, rally riders that I know. Yeah. Uh, he knows how to protect the equipment. He knows how to finish races, and he knows how to win races too. Yeah, so, for sure. You know, I think he's going to be, and he's going to be able to give us great feedback on the bike. And then we have Sunier Sunier, who is a factory Kove uh, Chinese rider who did Dakar and finished. Um, okay, so we do have the Dak- one of the Dakar riders here. Well, yeah, we actually have uh, two Kove factory riders. We have okay. uh, Sunier Sunier. And then we have uh, Nels Thorak, who is a Frenchman. Okay. And he is a motocross champion in France. And he has also finished Dakar um, last year. So uh, there, there's a lot of experience under this tent. Excellent. And um, that's how it all came about. Um, I'm real happy with it. I'm super impressed with the bike. I mean, there's certain things that I, that I see that, oh, I might do this different, I might do that different. But I just have to keep reminding myself that this is an amazing piece of equipment that you can buy and and go out and race. You know, the, yes. you can't even buy an RFR and go out and race it. You got to put a tower on it. You got to put ICOs on it. These bikes come with all of that equipment. Race ready, basically. Uh, Mike Johnson went out for a shakedown ride today, his first ride on the bike, and he came back very very happy with the bike. And that is incredible. It sounds amazing. And um, listening to them out there ripping it up back behind the trees, you know, half a kilometer away. But you could just hear it like he was right here. And it was really music. Yeah, it was really fun. Music. So talk to me for a minute. I asked you just briefly inside about the parts. Talk to me about. Yeah, the parts are readily available, probably more readily available than even KTM parts. Now. The problem is they're not readily available at every town in the United States. You know, you have to go to a dealer or you have to call Gary in Utah or you can call me at Rocky Mountain Detours up in Montana and say, well, I need a, you know, I, I bent my brake rotor, you know, mm-hmm. and we can get you that rotor quickly. As, number one, Gary has a huge inventory in Utah. But number two, if he doesn't have it in inventory, he can get it within a week from China where... KTMs, a lot of times, we're waiting for parts for three, four, five, six weeks, you know, depending on what time of year and what the part is. So the part issue is not a problem except for the fact that with a KTM, you know, you can go to, you know, Great Falls, Montana, and there's a KTM dealer there. Uh-huh. You're not going to go to Great Falls, Montana and find a Kobe dealer there. Uh-huh. You're not going to go to any other city in the United States, hardly. They're coming, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to get dealers, more and more dealers. The bikes are being designed to be mass-produced, so it's not going to be like a KTM factory uh, a replica that is a very unique bike that only they only make, I think, 300 a year. And so there's not a lot of parts available for them, too. Right. Even though there's a KTM dealer, they're probably not going to have this particular RFR part. But Right. So I think the parts, I don't think the parts are anything that I would necessarily worry about. Only if I was doing a long adventure ride and, you know, I really like, like, like maybe you don't have a day to wait for any part, you know, right. and you could probably find a KTM this or that somewhere. Right. Um, but I'm just saying the parts are going to be more and more available. They're really, right now readily available from Utah. Um, we'll have a lot of parts in Montana as well, and they're, they're 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 signing on new dealers all the time. So, well, I've heard at least one person who's uh, ready to come over and talk to you guys. So, um, oh, one, only one. I've, I've I've met probably twenty in the nice. last two days. Nice. They're all ready to. The, so the buzz is there. They are all ready to buy the bike. Now, <laughs> now there's probably ten of those twenty that are waiting until. Tuesday or Wednesday <laughs> yeah. to see what right. Mike has to say. Right. And, um, you know, he's a, a huge advantage for Kobe to have Mike Johnson riding the Unbelievable. bike. Unbelievable. He knows everybody. Yeah. Everybody respects his opinion. Yeah. And whatever he comes back with, let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. Because if he comes back with a negative thing, <laughs> right. that probably means it's not going very well for right. the near future here. Well, but also, it seems as though, just listening to the buzz I've heard, that 
there the the feedback is important and they they it seems like you guys have your finger on the yeah. pulse of what do we need how yeah. do we improve it's a, it's so amazing this is so amazing we're working on the bikes today prepping them yesterday and today prepping them um and we see something okay for instance the power cable on the ico uh, came with just an end. It didn't have an actual uh, fitting, I guess you'd call it, for the, the work to connect to the battery. It was just a bare wire that was stuck in between two plates and the screw was tightened down. As soon as we found that, of course, we put ends on, of course, but um, as soon as we found that, we talked to Gary. Gary comes over. We talked to, um, I call him Matthew, but I'm not 100% sure. This is Matthew right here, but I'm not 100%. Is it correct? Matthew, okay. Because it's spelled a weird way, but he's telling me right now that I'm correct, so that's great. But Matthew is actually a factory. Uh, he works at the factory. Okay. And he works in the pre-design, at the, in, the, in the initial stages of the development of the bikes. And he comes over, and he sees any question, and that wire thing is just a one small little thing of, of a few things that we just notice, like this, that, the other thing, little things. But right away, pictures get taken, and they get sent right over to China, and these things get fixed, like, immediately. They just start doing it. There's no other company that I know of that responds to consumer input any better than that. I mean, straight to China. The pictures go. He comes over, takes a picture, sends it home, and then they that's the next thing on their list of things that they want to make better. And So, pretty impressive. It's Very impressive. Extremely, it's so exciting. Yeah. This is unheard of exciting. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think yeah. it's going to be, you know, it's just a, the beginning stages. This is the ground floor of a new affordable rally. And, you know, they're not just rally bikes. These, the standard model, which is the same exact bike with a little bit of different tuning, it doesn't have all the rally tower uh, ICO equipment. Um, but it does have a digital screen, which for an adventure rider, the digital screen is what you want. You know, you can put your mapper on there. You can, you know, see the, the information, motor information, stuff like that. But um, that market, the adventure market, this is a 320-pound adventure bike that holds eight gallons of fuel. So for me, this is my kind of adventure bike. I don't want a big, I'm a short, small guy. Um, I don't want a great big motorcycle, like even a GS. Uh, friends of mine have, you know, many friends of mine have GSs. Mm -hmm. And I rode a friend of mine's last year uh, uh, for an event we do up a tour of, the, tour of Montana. And um, I just, it, you know, it didn't handle bad. It's, it's a GS, they're very yeah. well proven. It's just not my style. Like, I wouldn't take it on a little bit more challenging two-track or single-track where this bike I would take on a, any, you know, pretty much anything, you know, cross-country even. So that's, <laughs> this is my kind of adventure bike. And I Word. think that in um, the, the adventure bike, the, the standard model is only $8,999. Unheard of. So you have a 320-pound capable off-road bike for less than $9,000, well, $9,000, and um, it's ready to ready to go. I don't have to put a skid plate on. It comes with a carbon plate. You know, I, I own T7s, uh, Yamaha Tenere's. Well, you have to put like $2,000 into it just to make it so you can take it into the mountains or whatever. This bike is ready to go. So pretty impressive, really impressive. And um, we'll just see how it all plays out. We will. Wonderful, excellent. Thank you so much for yeah, taking a minute. You're this welcome. has been incredibly enlightening. We're all watching. Yeah. Well, it all it's, starts tomorrow. It so all we'll, starts tomorrow. We'll have some some more information tomorrow. Yeah, and we will. Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And, and you know, this is again, this is a great. Um, I can't remember what you call it, but the testing aspect yeah. of it. It's the R and D. Yeah, the R and D and the feedback. The feedback is yeah, great. It's going to be fantastic. And again, the feedback. That goes back to the factory. I mean, this is yeah. the factory, factory sitting worker. right here. Yeah. Not, not, not a worker. He's Sorry. Like, but he is a worker, but he's but, like me too. I work too, but you know, this is like direct information that goes from here to home. And then they're already working on 
updated models. So the, the next model, I should right. say, the next model has a, you know some updates that they're developing. So and yeah, it's all testing. I don't know any other company yeah. that's doing that. So yeah, on site testing. And um, you know, the owner from from what I've read and seen, you know, has the goal of being on the podium in Dakar in three years and his actual stated goal is that he wants to win Dakar in five years. Now that's pretty hefty. That's, that's pretty hefty. But that's what aggressive. it tells me is that this person is driven to produce, you know, a capable rally bike. Top. If not the best bike. You know, I don't know that yet, but you know, that his he's driven to build this bike to win Dakar. Not just yeah. to sell, you know, a bunch of bikes and da-da-da-da, but to actually win Dakar. Now, will it do it? I don't know. That's pretty aggressive. I don't, you know, that's. I wouldn't even make a statement like that because, you know, who knows, but But, but it's nice to know that that's in his mind. And this isn't, this isn't a a brash new, he's been developing this. uh, He's been developing, I think, for uh, another... Ten? How long has the bike been in development? No, but this is our first version. Yeah, so and started development, what, for uh, it? I don't, I don't remember. Okay, but few years, just for a few years ago, not 10. Not 10, not 10. Yeah. For, uh, for our company, it was just started from the 2017. Okay. Okay. That's the first year. So this is our first racing, this, so this is our first racing ready for the dark car situation. So this is our first version. Uh, it was fixed before the Dakar 2023. And for all the problems we have found, uh, we have found yet will be fixed with our new new model for 2024. Yeah. That's just so exciting. Yes. Yeah. For, uh, for this participant, for this participation at Sonora, we hope uh, under the different condition we can test our uh, test our bike. It's a time of testing and improving yes. and moving forward. Yes, it's always a test for us. Because for the new uh, for the new version for the next year, we have uh, even have a bigger uh, have a, uh, a narrow uh, na- narrow chassis, and uh, we even uh, uh, enhance the can- uh, the control for the riders. Okay, enhanced control for the riders. Yes. Narrower and a little chassis. different chassis. Yeah. Little narrow chassis and new models. Uh, new motors is still going. New motors. New motors still uh, under work, mm-hmm. and we are working on that. Uh, also for the motor, it will be 100% assembled and fabricated by other company. No. That's amazing. That is amazing. Just that you're going to do the own, your all your own motor work now. Yes. Yeah. Exciting. Mike, do you want to ask anything else that'll go? No, on? I think we're. I think we're fine. I think. Great. Yeah. Thanks for stepping in there again. You. you are. Tell me your name. Matthew. Matthew. My name is Matthew. And uh, uh, just briefly, your role back in China. Tell me briefly your role. In fact, I am the member for the for the racing team. But on daily work, I will work together with all the engineers before the fabrication line, so we can find more problems for the for the assembling for the assembly line. So you you you're part of that development, yes. locating, targeting. Yes. What do we need to improve? Right there. Yes. In the and beginning. Also, and also on the uh, on the competition uh, competition course. Yeah. So you're riding, finding out what do we need to do, yes. what do we need to fix, yes. and immediately, let's go to work doing so. Yes. Awesome. Well, Matthew, thanks for stepping in. Thank you. Good luck. I'm so excited to see how this goes this week. Thank you. Yes. Mike, thank right. you so much. Thanks, I appreciate Elizabeth. it. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll be watching. All right. We'll see you Best soon. Best of luck. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. That was interesting. Yeah, I doubled up here. Here we go. Ah, my volume's down. There we go. I don't know. Who knows? Technical difficulties. So there you have it. That was an interesting one for for you guys. That was Lizzie catching up with Mike Georgeson at the Sonora Rally. Uh, I'd been sitting on that one for a little bit and finally got around to listening to some of the episodes or some of the uh, recordings that she did. We'll, we'll be bringing a few more of those here as we go through them. Uh, but it was very, very interesting. And I think that's really cool to see. You know, Covey's got engineers and people on ground with a direct line to the assembly line uh, and the engineering team to get those and yeah, the little quirks and the little things because 
if you really think about what, okay, what you've got the bike already out there. Now you're just working on the fine tuning. Now you're in the dangerous stage, right? Now you're in the stage where you're going to take all of the little shortcomings and the things that could be a little bit better and you're going to make them. Nobody so far has said, okay, this thing needs a complete redesign. I'm not riding this bike until it's completely redesigned. This part sucks. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And so I think that that is very, a very interesting point as far as what the future holds for this bike, considering that out of the bike. And like you heard, Matthew is in it's one of its first iterations. It's already doing this. So I'm really, really curious to see how it goes. And, you know, if it's, you know, the company's not new. They, you heard it in the, in the interview from 2017. So they've been doing bikes for a little bit. Uh, you would think that a lot of the bugs, a lot of the things that they've learned, you know, have, have been transferred into this, uh, into this side of things. And that's, it's going to be an interesting case. You know, I know there's a lot of people that think, you know, well, well, you know, it's Chinese made mass produced, that kind of thing, tolerances and all of that and the other. Yeah, I can see that on certain things and certain items and and that kind of stuff. But honestly, in the end, you know, it's a combustion engine. It's a four stroke and there's not a whole lot of room for reinventing the wheel. You know, there's certain things you can play with cams, you can play with tolerances, you can play with bore stroke. There's things that you can do gearing and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's still a piston, a connecting rod, a crankshaft gears, you know, that kind of stuff. So metallurgy and all of the other things that they're doing you know the quality control and all of that is going to be and and honestly a lot of these manufacturers you know it's uh a, a lot of manufacturers are already using china to back them up because they have the ability to take something their focus on mass production and the efficiency of production how many of these can we produce so yeah with some of that becomes then the tolerances and some of the things get a little bit loose but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they could have better quality control because it's a little bit more bespoke or a little bit more handmade, uh, not as mass produced to a point where it could be a fault. Um, there's a lot of stuff. And to hear that they're going to be manufacturing the engine in-house, modifying it, doing it, doing everything that they need to do in-house, I think is absolutely phenomenal. I love the idea of that, the quality control, you have a lot more control over it. And not only that, but the pivot, the ability to pivot and the ability to change quickly is going to be there, which is absolutely awesome. And especially in a growing company, I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, if you go back to some of the bigger companies, you've seen it in the past, you know, it takes a long time for things to change and progress and go through, you know, and it does not like, it's not conducive sometimes in a competitive world. So I think that this is definitely a step in the right direction. I think Covey is going to be doing big things here shortly, and I'm and I'm absolutely looking forward to it. So we'll see a little bit more. Like I said, hopefully we'll get to ride one of these things soon, you know, and just kind of hang out and chill and just see what the bike does. You know, I mean, I think that it's a very cost effective option for people that are wanting to get into a if it's an adventure bike or B, if they want to get into a rally bike or or C, right? They like the idea of a rally bike. They want to do some recreational navigation, and that's just kind of their speed and what they want to do. Hey, perfect. Here's the bike that will work for you on that one. So, all right, next topic out of the Sonora Rally Camp. We have some news. And if you guys have already, I'm sure you guys have been following. If you follow Sonora Rally, you've heard about it already. Uh, but this time around this year for this coming iteration, uh, they will not be partnering with the FIA, FIM, uh, and be bringing the event back to its original roots and, and how it is. That is some big news. A lot of people were thinking that this was going to be a long-term partnership. Uh, and maybe in the future, there may be another iteration of it. Uh, but but we will see. That's something that Darren and the organization will know for sure. Uh, and, and getting, you know, if there's going to be a future. But for now, for this coming version of it, it is going to be back to the original Sonora Rally that everybody knows, which I am looking forward to. I think that... You know, I had the opportunity to to work with the organization this time around and 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 really I, I'm not going to say do a lot, but really get to see the inner workings of it uh, and help contribute to that. And and I can tell you that there is a lot that goes on at a normal rally. Right. My experience, if you guys know and have been following along, you know, my experience for a while, uh, you know, started it all started for asking with a sticker. 
uh, from one of my friends from Baja Rally. And I was, you know, from there, I was like, hey, come volunteer. And then things progressed to the point where I became race director for a few years. And anybody, like a, a rally, organizing a rally, creating the routes and doing all of this stuff, it takes a certain person to do that. You know, in, in the Baja Rally side of things, you have Scotty Bloom, and now you have a team behind him with Mauricio and Daniel and, and Matt. All of these guys, you know, pitch, pitching in, making the organization, and, and just making things happen. It is not an easy task, you know. And then, and then you move over to, that's the Baja Rally side. You move over to the Sonora Rally side. You have Darren and Aaron. All of these guys, all of this team, you know, and putting together this event is not an easy feat. And then in the case of Sonora Rally, you throw in a whole nother organization with a whole nother set of standards, with a whole nother set of rule book, you know, and while the Sonora Rally does follow a lot of the rule book and, and is very stringent, it is not going to be as exact, like on the money. Like they literally had somebody going out and checking all of the checkpoints, all of the finish lines to the T down to the last foot you know, or meter to make sure that they were exactly where they needed to be. That is absolutely crazy. And, you know, I'm not saying that organizations shouldn't be that strict. What I am saying though, is, is that it changes that when it's, especially if it's the first year and okay, you've got an organization that's made it happen, right? I mean, Sonora rally has been around for a while, just like Baja rally has been around for a while, you know, and if it was horribly wrong, neither of the organizations would exist. So we've adapted or the organizations have adapted to create a world-class event, world-class events, and attract the attention of tens of thousands of people, both in North America and the world, both of them having international competitors. So the recipe is there. It's not like the recipe screwed up, right? It's not like that restaurant on the corner that opened up for about two weeks and then, you know, it, that was it. It was dead. It flatlined. No, both of the events have done a lot of work, have put a lot of groundwork into to becoming the way that they, to becoming what they are. And now seeing what Sonora Rally uh, has done and, you know, they were they did the event. There was a lot of positive comments, a lot of positivity about the event with the FIA, FIM there being a world championship round. But at the same time, it it added to the flavor, but not necessarily I think in the way that Darren and team wanted to actually have it now in the future. Yeah. Could it happen again? But in my personal opinion, I think I'm, I am definitely a fan of it going back to its roots. You know, something, something that was mentioned, you know, and something that, that, that can be said is there are not many other countries in the world that have such a big off-road racing pool right from the hair scrambles to the point to point races to the uh, sprint races to there's just so much off-road racing here in the states that i feel like it's hard pressed to find other countries that are going to have the experience now is not to say please don't think this is not to say that they're not doing it right this is not to say that they're any less than what we have going on here is just simply an experience thing. You know, you have a lot of experience as organizers. You have a lot of experience as racers. You have a lot of experience as the crew members that are available to help and help organize these rallies and put them into perspective and get them going here in the States as compared to maybe other countries in the world. We're going to be a little bit tightly, a little bit tighter ran. So when you have an organization that comes in and is partnering with you, you know, it's like bringing in a partner and then all of a sudden saying 50, 50, you're giving up half of the control to your, you know, to your event. And that, you know, is, is good or bad. I, did I learn some things that I see some things that I think that both organizations or any organization could benefit from and make sure absolutely 100%. And it would be stupid if you didn't learn from something like that having an organization literally the organization people like being in the room with people that are you know a at a higher i'm not going to go too far into where they're at because i don't want to brag for them but 
when you have people that are on the short list at the Dakar organization for when something goes sideways, um, that is pretty crazy. And we learn a lot. I learned a lot and it was a really good experience. And I think that, yeah, in the future, it would be great. Hell, I'd love to go over and, and just see the inner workings at their organization and see what that's like over there, you know, and, and kind of get an idea for it because there is, while there's room for improvement, the same thing is not, I don't think it's a lot of improve. I'll draw the, draw the comparison between the organizations and what we're talking about now and the COVID. They're both at a point where it's not about the reinventing the wheel. It's literally about connecting the dots and getting the last little details aligned and put and, and, and everything put together so that both events can continue to thrive. But there's those little changes that are just going to make things a little bit better. And I think, you know, with Sonora Rally and, and what was learned this year, I'm, this next year's event, you know, as a solo back to the original, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume that it's going back to the dunes, you know, shouldn't have the, the political stuff, which that was in an in itself was a bit of a, a, a bit of a shit show, as they say. And I think that that was very unfortunate, but I don't know if it was because of the amount of attention that was on the event uh, worldwide and, and how the politics of that worked because yeah, entries were up, but you know, there was things that were, you know, there was reasons given out and thrown and it's not my place to, 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 I'm not saying bad talk, but it's like, maybe paint certain parts of local government in the negative light. You know, the, the city, the town, all of that has been very, very good about supporting Darren and his goals uh, for the rally and putting, you know, San Luis and, and this, the state of Sonora on the map and for what it's doing. Hell, they had a world championship round of the of rally, you know, the cross country rally, you know, he's done an excellent job to get them to that point. And now it's like, okay, well, it was a bit of a bummer to see that, you know, some of the stuff fell apart and at no, like Darren and Scott and all of those guys that do, they did nothing different. They did everything better, if anything, and pushed that much harder. And yet they were met with resistance from places that never had resistance. And that was, that was very disheartening. Um, nevertheless, you know, the focus was forward and the focus was to get the event going and the focus was to get the event done and, and they, they made it happen. You know, there was the event. I enjoyed, you know, working and, and playing, playing my role in it and helping. And it was a very, very, I think it was a very good event. You know, thankfully there wasn't any major, uh, the ultimate, you know, sacrifice, you know, th those kind of phone calls, those kind of situations, Although there was a lot of uh, close calls and there was a lot of things that, you know, we could we could probably benefit and learn from, which I have some topics on that. I have a couple of guests that I had in mind that I still want to get on there uh, to talk about their experience. Um, but mostly because if you're doing adventure riding, if you're going to be riding in rallies and you're going to be doing this stuff, there's some basics that you need to take care of. Uh, and and I think that we need to at least have it on the show so you guys can can hear a little bit about it. But you know, in the end, Sonora Rally, FIA, FIM, parting ways, moving, uh, moving each, you know, in each direction, and they'll have to find a new round number three. Um, I think that's fine. You know, I, I'm okay with it. I know a lot of people were looking forward to it, like, oh, yeah, it's a world championship round. But, you know, uh, I think it puts so much stress on the organization. Um, you know, it's, I guess, the best way of doing, of, of kind of saying it, and, and not in a bad way, because from what I understand, after working with them for a week is, is that when they go to other countries, other organizations, and they do kind of something similar, uh, where the, it's a championship round, but they're relying on the local organization to make it happen. It is my understanding that they've had some very rough experiences and that is what will, uh, makes them a little bit uneasy to give up control or they show up wanting to control a lot of things, right? It's just a trained response. We've gone to all of these organizations. We've traveled the world. We've seen all of this stuff. We're going to need a little more control, you know, over this event because we don't want this and this and this and this to happen. And so I think that that's where uh, the events need to 
other events around the world maybe need to to take heed of that or you know if they're interested in becoming around or if they're going to be doing all of that but at the end of the day uh their standards and i think that the sonora rally standards are are at a certain level and i think that they are very close to i think that that was the deal is is that the fia fim may not have been ready for the level of commitment and the level of you know organization that Sonora Rally has and not to say ready for it I don't think they were expecting it and that's how I think that what I mean by ready so I believe that with that it makes it a little bit more difficult because you can't as an organization it's like damn you've been doing this for so many years you've got this recipe so dialed and then you want somebody to come in and then they kind of want to take over because they're kind of gun shy of it. And so I think it was really cool to see that uh, how the two organizations work together. Um, it was like it was almost like in the uh, in the control room, uh, peace control or PCO office. Uh, it was very, very interesting to see how it almost like was the shift was over. Right. You had all of the nationals uh, and then you had the world uh, the world championship round, all of those guys. And so there was a, a, a bit of a shift in changing, you know, and I worked throughout, you know, through both. It was awesome. You know, that, it's not to say that at least from where I was in, in my position and, and where I, I fit in this time around, it was absolutely amazing to see how everything just kind of works and how many moving pieces there were to this. And at the same time, I can see where. Uh, it, it gets complicated. You've got two full organizations. You've got all of this control that needs to be divided up and all of this thing that needs to be done. And yet both of them are so dialed in their way that it's tough to kind of meet and gel in there. Now, I don't want, you know, I, I want to reiterate or re clarify that both organizations, both sides of it. I mean, it was an awesome event. You know, we already know what happened. We already know how it went down. We already know all these little things of it. And and if you need details or if you think, you know, hey, you, you should actually do an episode, I, I wouldn't mind having, you know, reach out to Darren. We can talk a little bit about the future uh, and what was what from his end, what he learned, um, you know, with this event going off. But we'll leave it at future forward. I'm glad to see that the Sonora Rally is, is returning to its roots, is going to focus on that. They've got their rally school coming up in December. I'm going to reach out to also with uh, rally school coming up in December. Our next event, if you guys didn't hear, we'll move, move on here. Uh, next event is going to be the Baja Rally in October. So that is going to be coming up quickly. Uh, reach out to them and talk about a possible rally school between now and then, uh, what they're going to be doing. i got to get uh, Scotty and Mauricio on the phone or maybe Daniel or uh, one of those guys. And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, how the event is progressing, what what's in store for these guys this time around. I think there's just going to be another good event. And Baja Rally has always been a really good time. If you guys haven't been to one, if you haven't checked it out, uh, I think that is definitely something that you want to get to, uh, even to participate, you know, or even, you know what, just even just go do the rally school. You know, I, I would love to see nothing more than, hey, you know what, uh, yeah, I heard it on the show. I signed up for it. I'm going to the rally school. I'm going to check it out. You know, I want to be on there. I want to, you know, I just want to go. Don't commit to the racing. Wait, wait until you get a rally school under your belt, wherever it is. You know, I know that um, if you guys haven't already seen it, if maybe you follow uh, the Kota rally on Instagram, you know, this year, unfortunately, they weren't able to do an event changing of the guard, local government, things like that. The permitting process, it's a lot of stuff. And Mike works extremely hard to have every single detail dialed in and because of that unfortunately like you guys know when you have to depend on somebody else to have their stuff dialed in sometimes it just doesn't go that way so unfortunately there's no kotar rally this time but he's pivoted quickly and it looks like we're going to be doing some rally schools as well uh in that local area the colorado utah area so if you haven't already you should follow the kotar rally uh on instagram He's got the dates up and stuff like that on there. Uh, we'll reach out to him. We'll try and get you guys some more information on that as well. Um, and then we'll get you some more information on the Baja Rally thing. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to do, a lot going on. And I think that the rally thing is is slowly turning. And I, I'm, you know, I don't want to take my finger off the pulse. You know, I want to continue to see it grow. 
You know, we just got to figure out where, what are the events? What are the game plans? I still want to do it. You know, I have, I have a vision. I think that, I think there's room. I think there's room. And I was talking to Jacob Argybright. We were at the uh, Kirk Selly uh, Foundation fundraising event uh, at the Motor Dofo Winery, which was absolutely awesome. And we were talking, and I think that there is room for a rally hybrid. But more details to follow on that. Anyway, okay. It is Sunday, 4.30 a.m., and uh, yeah, I got to start getting ready for work, and you guys are going to be listening to this episode at 10 a.m., and yeah, that is going to be that is going to be today's episode. We'll, we'll leave it at that. We got some irons on the fire. I, like I said, this week, this week is Chasing Waypoints Week. I am literally just, I'm going to focus all my attention on it. I'm going to try and get all these episodes recorded and all that stuff. Let's get back to it. Sundays at 10 a.m. That is going to be the goal. We'll get some more stuff. If you haven't already checked it out, I'm trying to be a little bit more active on YouTube. So if you search uh, Chasing Waypoints on YouTube, you can find the playlist for the podcast. So if you have YouTube on the TVs or wherever you want, you could listen to the podcast there. Uh, Done a couple of how-to videos as I'm working in the garage and working on my bikes. I'm, you know, coming up with these little tools and I don't use them that often, but I just love to tinker and build shit. So uh, I'm putting up the video so you guys can check it out, including links there so that you guys can purchase some of the things. Um, I got it. I guess since I said that, I have to say it now. They are affiliate links. You don't get charged anything extra. It just helps contribute to the show a little bit and what we're doing. But you don't pay any extra. Just we get a small commission for those purchases. I think that satisfies the required disclaimer that I have to say whenever I mention affiliate links. I think. Anyway, so. With that being said, guys, remember, it'll make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week.